citizens of Hilbra have started stoning the police along with SNDF. As we are speaking, there are bullets going off down the road. The Friday morning of the 27th of March 2020 is somber and quiet as South Africans wake up to the news that South Africa has had its very first coronavirus-related death. It's also the first official day of lockdown for the country. But the previous Thursday evening did not see the country go peacefully into its mandated state of lockdown. Military and police convoys were in for a fight as they entered Johannesburg's most densely populated urban communities. In this podcast series, we will follow Sunday Times reporter Alex Patrick and senior reporter Graham Hoskin as they track, record and reflect on the real events and people that make up South Africa's biggest COVID-19 news stories. For Boots on the Ground, Behind Essay's National Lockdown, a production of Multimedia Live, I am Zamalu Tuli. It's going to be a long night for Alex and Graham. It's the first night of the national lockdown, and they are on the streets of Johannesburg, tracking the movements of South Africa's lockdown enforcers. Found the uh, security in the army, police, metro, at Mary Fitzgerald Square. It's 20 minutes before the national lockdown begins. Heavily armed soldiers along with police, traffic and metro police are gathered here in the square. They are about to be briefed and their final deployment orders which will see them going into Hillbrow and the surrounding townships of Alexandra and nearby areas. There are at least three to four hundred heavily armed soldiers here. Police are busy trying to find their place to stand. They've got JMPD police, army, I have no idea what those other guys are. Nobody seems to know what's going on. Everybody seems to know what's going on. lockdown having commenced, the streets of Hillbrow and Alex were still very much alive. It's 12 o'clock and we're following a convoy into Hillbrow. You can kind of smell the alcohol in the air and things are getting a little bit busier. Um, but yeah, it doesn't look like anybody's keeping any kind of social distancing here. These guys are drunk now. Yeah, we want to drunk. From, to, from today, there's no alcohol yeah. sold <laughs> until this time to that time. Because they told, they told them that they're not going to buy alcohol, so they are drinking for that 21 days. <laughs> you can't drink for 21 days for yeah, a day. Yeah. Just, 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 just imagine, guy, uh, you, you're drinking for today the whole day. Yeah. Just to, to recover that 21 days. Yeah. You see, it's, it's, it's impossible. When it reaches 12 o'clock, I'm going to go outside. I want to see who's who's going there. Who's 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 following the lockdown. Yeah. Hey, 
So fresh I, I want to see that. There's no military coming here. Huh? I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for that thing. Even though I'm waiting for that. Why are you waiting for that? No, I want to see. I want to prove that. You want to see that lockdown? I want to prove that. Do you know how many people are there? Yeah, lots. They are still waiting for the lockdown. They want to prove that. And while this is going on, there's actually rats eating each other in the background. Fucking hell. But the South African National Defence Force seemed far less amused as they pulled over cars, shut shabines, and chased late night party goers into residences. They're selling alcohol. Hey, where's the key? We're in Yeovil. In a spaza shop. You were supposed to be home. Hey, was I talking to you? I was talking to this man. You get the key and come here before I break down this door. And you, where do you stay? You stay here. How many people are staying here? Open this gate. No, it's the wrong way around. Yeah, the other way. There we go. Um, some foreigners who were staying in the spaza shop are now being pretty much strip searched. They found alcohol in a packet and claim that it is being sold. I'm not sure if it's personal stash or not. I'm okay. Were you staying in here? Yeah, this is where we stay. You don't have a place. Where yeah. are you from, sir? I'm an Nigerian. Do you know what's happening here with the lockdown? Oh, we had, that's why we, we don't have a place, so we normally stay here Yeah. And, sleep. and uh, they're saying that you guys were selling alcohol. It's the personal alcohol we are drinking. And how, how long have you been staying here for? I've, I've been here for a year. And, and living here, hey? Yeah. And what do you do for a living? What do you do for money? No, we don't do anything. Huh? We just have on the streets. Police are busy searching him out his vehicle as he, he was trying to speed off when they stopped him on the corner of a street in Hillbrow just moments after the start of the national lockdown. The guy has been apologizing saying that he should have been home earlier but police are not buying it. They're searching his car thoroughly looking for weapons, drugs and any other contraband which has been prohibited under the national lockdown. So ma'am, what's going to happen now? Are you going to, given that nobody's allowed out in the streets, is he going to be arrested or is he going to be let off on a, on a first warning? What's the procedures? On a first warning? Okay. He's like, go Again, 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 fast, 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 right now. The evening came to a heed when community members threw stones and various other objects at the JMPD vehicles. While the interchange was brief, it was also very tense for our reporters. And we're on the run. Somebody threw a stone at the police car. Citizens of Hillbrow have started stoning the police 
along with SNDF police and are cordoning off a block of flats as residents start whistling to each other, warning them of the approaching authorities. Alex and Graham assure us that no one was hurt during the exchange, but several arrests were made in Hillbrow on this night. As the city finally began to quieten down, our reporters went home. Just after 2 a.m., Alex summed up her evening for us. We started our evening in Alexandra Township. Uh, the township was notably empty, although there were still people on the on the streets. There was still a lot of revelry and uh, quite a sharp uh, smell of alcohol in the air and chaos, really. And I think after after witnessing Alexandra Township, I, I think it's going to be very hard to police the the area. It didn't take Alex and Graham long to figure out that population density would become a huge problem for South Africa's lockdown enforcers. In the days that followed, authorities needed to strike a balance between their duty and their humanity in areas where buildings were spilling over with people. Busy following in a police convoy now into uh, Bromfontein, a police convoy, police are busy trying to disperse people, get people back into inside the buildings, off the street. Uh, there's clearly no abeyance to this national lockdown. Not that there could be in areas like this, it's just heavily saturated with people. Um, overcrowding is like all over the place. Just how the police are going to police this and how the government expects people to obey national lockdown instructions in conditions like this is impossible. People are busy hanging out of uh, windows and buildings in different flat apartments looking at the cops um, trying to force their way into a building that was locked by I presume are the owners as the police came into the street. This guy actually owns a bottle store and it seems that he's been selling alcohol. Um, he's trying to keep it barricaded, the cops are trying to force it open. It's a bottle store and a fish and chips uh, dealer. I can hear the cops arguing with the guys inside. Police are busy trying to explain uh, to the one owner. It seems like this this bottle store and um, fish and chips store are on the same same premises. Um, so they were after the guy who was selling what we presume is alcohol. We're not sure. Uh, the actual owner of the fish and chip store uh, is terrified. He's busy shaking. Um, he's he's convinced that he's done something wrong. Cops are trying to calm him down. Uh, you can hear in the background. And the cops, for whatever reason, think it's a it's a joke. Um, yeah, I think there has to be a lot more community police interaction to 
ensure that the community is aware that the police are here to protect them and that those who are legally operating are allowed to legally operate uh yeah it's it's got a it's gonna be tough it's gonna be tough for the police i mean it's hundreds of people at this building outside that i'm standing next to busy looking outside of the window um curious onlookers wanting to know exactly what's going on it's day five in the afternoon i'm at alexandra township and the news has just broke that there are two uh, members of the community who have tested positive for the coronavirus um, people are still out on the streets many people are walking they often say that they are going to the shops or the banks um, and and for many people this is this is their only transport it's notably quieter here but there are still people outside uh, people gathering people outside their homes um, yeah uh, like they said on the first night of lockdown it is going to be impossible to keep everybody indoors but the police are confident uh, that they have everything under control they say after yesterday which was day four when the army brought back up they say that they feel uh, that they have everything under control now but they have admitted that policing the area would be next to impossible are you worried about police because i saw i was chatting to some people down there and as soon as the police car came they all yeah. ran away yeah that's the case yeah, the oh is it yeah. i heard they i heard they were shooting hey yeah, yeah they did you guys see that no you didn't but you heard or yeah I just heard you heard you heard the gunshots yeah, 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 yeah. jeez how does that make you feel yeah, I was scared. Is it? Yeah, we don't feel safe. You don't feel safe because of yeah. the police, eh? Yeah, I remember people can just pass over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not safe. Yeah, man. Well, it's brutality now. Huh? It's police brutality now. They no longer trust you. Did you hear the sound of the gunshot now? That wasn't a gunshot. That is a gunshot. As we are speaking, there are bullets going off down the road and shouting. Police are saturating the area. There's already been running street battles between cops and um, people, residents from blocks of flats. Uh, guys totally violating the national lockdown. Nobody's keeping social distancing. Uh, nobody's keeping indoors. Cops are arresting people as they drive past in their cars. Guys outside of their, their blocks of flats. Thousands of people here. Tens, tens and tens of thousands of people. It's just absolutely crazy. Um, people are begging cops not to arrest them, saying that they're going to shops, little small little supermarkets. Um, cops are busy picking up kids off the street. It's just, there's no ways you can control an area like this. And there's no ways people in living in areas like this have an opportunity to keep apart from each other. They just live on top of each other. It's been four hours of absolute craziness on the streets of Yeovil and Hillbrow this afternoon in, in Johannesburg. Police are busy chasing down people who are not obeying the national lockdown regulations, blocking of streets, searching blocks of flats who they accuse people of hiding in who have not been obeying the, the rules of the national lockdown. Um, they've been confiscating liquor, they've been arresting people left, right and centre. I mean, just this afternoon, the past four hours, I've counted about 50 odd arrests. It's been a while since I've heard uh, gunshots and so um, it was 
quite surprising, but uh, the people I was talking to outside were not surprised. They knew immediately it was a gunshot. There was one bang, and they said, did you hear that? It's a gunshot. And I said, no, it's not. It's a car. And then I heard bang, bang, and I know that sound. That's a gunshot. And suddenly all these children came racing up the road. Um, I'm trying to figure out why I'm so... Why the bullets thing, um, why the rubber bullets were so disturbing to me. And I think, I think, I think the reason why it's so disturbing to me is that, I mean, this township is, it's a huge township and there are pockets of um, nefarious elements, but the majority of people there are just honest, hardworking people who just want to go about their day, um, and many of the people in the road today were the elderly and accompanied by very young um, uh, school-going uh, children. Um, and I think, I think just seeing the elderly and children screaming and running away just left me with a, a just a terrible feeling. And I was just thinking a lot of those people... I mean, for them, this could have brought back a lot of horrifying uh, memories from the past. And, you know, you just don't expect to be living like that in uh, 2020. But from the police's side, I also understand. I mean, you, you're far outnumbered by uh, the people you are policing, and you've got to maintain a kind of a, a standard of um, discipline and You've you've got to take a harsh a harsh stand. I get it, but um, yeah, it's just weird. I mean, you can't believe that that it, you can't believe that this is happening. Actually, activity in Johannesburg has slowed down, but in the city's densely populated urban communities, people are struggling. The police are fighting to keep control in what seems a near impossible situation. The majority of community members that Alex and Graham managed to interview seem to understand that authorities are doing their best to keep the population healthy and safe in what is without a doubt a scary situation for everyone. Graham and Alex collected hours of audio in the first week of South Africa's national lockdown. Unfortunately, there is just not enough time to share all of it with you. But luckily for us, our reporters stopped to reflect on the week that they had. One week into the national lockdown, and this is what they had to say. I'm busy preparing for a story for, for the Sunday Times this weekend. And I must say, it's just the information that I've received on how prepared, or in this case, unprepared we are for what's coming to us is just, has really struck home. I mean, we've been talking to, to experts today in the medical field, virologists, epidemiologists, um, academics and researchers at WITS, at UKZN. And what they've told me, I just, I just absolutely shudder. It's just, you know, I'm sitting here in my office, I'm safe and protected, you know, as well, as protected as can be and as safe as can be. And you just, the realisation of the information that I've been given in terms of how many tests need to be done, how many tests can be done, 
the fact that we're apparently only doing a thousand tests a day when we should be doing 35,000 tests a day and what that means and the implications of of that and why we can't do it and how poor planning has potentially led us into the eye of an insurmountable storm is just, you know, the realisation is just absolutely coming home. I mean, we you do so many interviews and you you just get bombarded with all this information and at, at the end of the day you just sit back and you think, wow, have I just heard that? Am I... You take cognizance of, of what you've been told and you just think, bloody hell. I know mean, we've, we've been told, or I've been told today, you know, that the, we're on the trajectory that is on a par with, with Spain and Italy if we don't do anything now. I mean, the it's not that we can afford to do stuff in a few weeks' time. It's like what we have to do now in terms of ramping up the scale of testing. And it's just, it's impossible. I mean, it's like being able to climb Everest with one leg without oxygen and without any of the protective or necessary mountaineering gear. And then you think back of, of all the people who live in circumstances that are less, way less fortunate than mine. You know, I can, I can self-isolate. I can quarantine myself, stock up on food, stock up on all the supplies I need and take the steps that I need to take. And then you just think of all those people out there, the millions and millions of people out there. And just the reality of what we potentially face is is just it just coming home with like, it becomes even more of a stark reality. And I just, it's damn, damn scary. Definitely what our president has shown is some leadership. We needed somebody to take the wheel, and uh, they did just that. I think that the issue is with ministers and um, people trying to decide what, what is legal, what's not legal, um, you know, what are the rules during lockdown, and we've had some confusion. Day one was a ghost town, and I'm really happy to report that not many people were out on the street but by day three it was business as usual in all uh, in, in rich and poor communities and it seems to have picked up from then um, and what has also seemed to have picked up in some areas is uh, police brutality I can kind of understand uh, that it's very hard in some areas at least to police a community especially in areas where the community far outnumbers the police and the army and the metro services um, but I do not condone uh, some of the violence that I've seen and I do condone some of the good things I've seen I've seen uh, some of the army members helping people push trolleys you know not everyone's using shambucks on people some of the some of the um, the army members at least have deployed a kind of um, like a high school kind of hazing uh, uh, punishment and and you know we've seen uh, some members being made to do push-ups and and things like that basically to humiliate them um, and make sure that they don't you know that they don't break the rules again I applaud them for not using shambucks but I also you know kind of if it's kind of uncomfortable because if you imagine if that was your father or your family member being forced to perform these kind of drill um, movements um, 
it's uh, it's it's quite a thing. It's quite humiliating, actually. So there's still that kind of uh, back and forth uh, between, you know, the police trying to keep the order and a group of people who really are, you know, not really taking it seriously. We get the the reports from the um, health department daily, um, and it it does look like the numbers of infections have has dramatically decreased. Um, whether or not that's because of the lockdown or because perhaps we don't have enough testing facilities, that we will we will find out. Um, it's just incredible that uh, that uh, we've been able to find homeless shelters and and food and a huge budget uh in in days uh and it's very concerning really that uh, we could have done this a long time ago for the people in need in south africa and it's taken a crisis uh to actually help them and i hope that after the crisis those people aren't just put back on the streets it's also it's it's also you know worth a note that a lot of these schools that promised uh, to give away their their uh, halls for the time being for the homeless have um, reneged on that deal uh, went past Parktown boys um, which uh, you know they said that that they would open up their hall for the homeless and uh, kind of immediately did an about turn and I remember driving past on Monday and um, just seeing a homeless man just standing outside Parktown Parktown boys just kind of confused he'd obviously heard that that was a place of refuge for him and so he just stood that's it that's his life south africa is in store for two more weeks of lockdown and the pinch is definitely being felt across the country confirmed cases and related deaths are mounting but we remain positive that the efforts taken by the government essential services and communities will make a difference We urge everyone to abide by the lockdown rules and regulations. Stay informed and stay safe. For Boots on the Ground, behind SA's national lockdown, I am Zamalutuli. You are listening to Boots on the Ground behind SA's national lockdown. Boots on the Ground is a short podcast series documenting South Africa's national lockdown as a result of the outbreak of COVID-19. Boots on the Ground is a true piece of mobile journalism. All interviews, voices, and sound effects have been gathered using nothing but smartphones. Boots on the Ground is a production of Multimedia Live, a division of Arena Holdings. Narration done by Samar Lutuli. Audio gathered by Graham Hoskin and Alex Patrick. Sound design and editing by Paige Muller. Production by Multimedia Head Scott Petersmith. To catch the next episode of Boots on the Ground for free, please subscribe to the podcast on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.